Hello, my name's Lou, <laughs> and uh, I'm here with Kirsty. Say hello. Hi, guys. I'm Kirsty. And uh, Claire. Hiya. <laughs> okay, thanks for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel like I'm seven years old in my bedroom again recording myself on the same phone. Oh, make, making a radio show. Yeah, we, me and my brother used to pretend we were making a radio show and record it. And 100% used to do that. Listen back to it. I'm just leaning it. into it. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to do a bit of recording for Real Talks. Um, the realness. The realness, which Sorry, is. <laughs> what, yeah, we have to be careful. It's going to be zucked. <laughs> <laughs> Zuck my balls. <laughs> um, and uh, it, it's. The realness. It's going to. Right, stop it. It's going to be. Uh, it's going to be like a little accompanying podcast interviews for people that are going to be taking part in Real Talks, which is kind real. of, it's just <laughs> going to give women an opportunity uh, to get up and speak about something, whatever they want to talk about in front of their peers. And, um, and it's a chance to educate each other. And I think it's because going back into education recently has made me realise that as women, we don't really get listened to at all. And we kind of don't feel like we're allowed to be in that world or be heard. And I completely agree with that. Mm -hmm. Like, take me seriously. <laughs> like, I did academia. I got a working class accent. I absolutely masked it the whole time I was there and I wish I never. But I also never took the absolute talents and skills that I have seriously throughout mm. life. And um, it does my nut. Because I could have achieved so much more now if I had. Like, I'm going to be talking about cooking, which everyone thinks is like a silly little thing that mum does in the kitchen. But it's work. And it's skill. And it takes thought. And labour. And expense. And so, yeah, I'm going to be talking about that and I'm going to be talking about how to save <laughs> time. <laughs> I'm going to save thought, save expense on everything because I didn't know when I started. Um, but, yeah, no, we don't get taken seriously. What we do doesn't get taken seriously. Mm. And uh, we're mad as hell. I'm probably not going to take it anymore. But... Oof. Unfortunately for society, we might have to keep taking it unless yeah. enough of us stand up. I am aware as well, like I'm very, I am really privileged to be able to just be like, oh, do you know what, I'm going to book a venue and invite women and we're going to talk. And um, I'm aware that like, it's great that I can do that. And I don't sort of take that lightly either. Like, I think, you know, you always feel as a, as a woman or as a girl that you are other that you are like the the other sex and you know you've kind of gonna always be second place and you've got a bit of a raw deal but you know I'm well aware that like the country the time and place I live in like I'm quite privileged and you know there's lots of women all around the world who wouldn't be able to meet together and express their thoughts and ideas without you know massive consequences so it's you know that's but we should do Agreed. it you should use your voice like I feel bad 
that I don't, I feel bad that I could do more and I don't do enough. To... I, think, I think we all do. And also, I think, like, I completely appreciate the privilege check, but it's not really that much of a privilege check because, like, around this table at the moment, we're all working class and half of us are, like, a paycheck away from a bread line. <laughs> I'm... I don't have kids, so realistically, I'm the one with privilege around this table. But the levels of privilege are minimal that we have, mm. and so I kind of get that we're if we're talking on a global scale, yeah, we feel like we've got like more privilege um, compared to people elsewhere. But realistically, we don't have an awful lot. Nice. And um, I think it's really good if you're doing these events that we make them free yeah, and accessible. That's why I, I was um, like, this has got to be free. Like, I don't, why should I make money out of this? Mm-hmm. Like, the venue's free, you know. Um, there's so many, like, things that are put on kind of for women in Portsmouth that are like, you, it's charged, it's, yeah. you know. There's still the stigma around going to a venue that you know that might have drinks that cost money. So I guess like if we like asked at the end for people to just give in a couple of quid spare change, you can save it for the next one. And if people want to turn up and they literally can't afford to drink, well, we just buy them a drink. Yeah, yeah. Just that kind of, just to say it's okay to come. It's okay to come to not buy a drink. It is a totally free event. But use that stigma when you walk into somewhere and you know things cost money and you can't afford mm, to buy anything. Yeah. You don't want to go in the first instance. Yeah, and the thing is that it's not, like, there are, like, venues where you can get more affordable drinks about, but it's hard then because... Just going out drinking in general is expensive. Yeah. Unless you go to like spoons or something. But I do love a spoon. <laughs> there's a time and a place. I ain't doing a talking spoons because I, you know, I voted Remain. We could. We <laughs> That's not happening. We bitch. could do an impromptu like speakers corner in a web spoons. spoons. Like oh God. pick a spoons. See you there. Three pound Chardonnay on Mondays. I remember there was a. A church, I don't know if it was St Luke's Church um, they used to do a sort of like church in the pub event every now and again I think they used to meet in the Spoons in Guildhall and they basically just have like church in the pub so you come along and have a pint and pray I feel like so that's I got a weird reading group that event. take place in some Spoons yeah some um, book clubs and stuff there was more than I I only found out a couple of weeks ago that there was loads of book clubs that actually happened that I didn't know about and it's more for kind of like communities to come together, but I never knew about them, which was quite a surprise. No. Do you think it's hard to, um, if you are like trying to put stuff on and organise stuff, do you think it's hard to to get it out there, even with like social media and stuff? Yeah, especially if it's in times, if we try, our target market is, is women, and as we know, quite a few of them are mothers or have other commitments, so getting them out, we have to inform people well in advance and yeah. hope that they can get some form of childcare so they're able to turn up in the first instance. But yeah, and, and, and also the coming out at night thing's a little bit kind of, because it's in the dark and stuff, but I feel like because we've got lots of friends coming down that people <clears throat> be coming with their mates and stuff, so yeah. it be kind of like the safety aspect. But yeah, like um, when I first joined the Labour Party before I left, um, Lots of their meetings that I take it were in like pubs or social clubs and stuff, and I think they still are to a degree. Some are in community centres, but it made me realise that just having somewhere that sells alcohol is almost even 
stops people from coming, especially those of different ethnicities and religions. Agreed. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. it's just quite hard. And um, same with kind of people that might be in recovery. You might want to yes. go to like, yeah. That's where I was going to go with that. Yeah, just um, a place. But it's hard to kind of really get a community space without having to shell out money either. But mm. I guess like if we've got like 20 quid spare, we can all just chip in together and pay for something. And people are really willing to put money in a pot at the end and it can just go towards the next event. Yeah. Because if people have got a couple of quid and change, they just chuck it in and it always kind of helps with that in the future. But yeah, it kind of like, on, on the whole privilege thing, because when I first started to meet, it's just like, fuck yes, I can drink Guinness and talk about politics. And <laughs> 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 kind of, I want more people to get involved, and it kind of stops them doing that. But like, like inherently, our girls' talk thing is quite bougie, isn't it? Yeah, it's like agreed. Most, yeah, one of the most m- middle class things I've probably ever done, but I'm so fucking <laughs> happy to do it because I've never been asked to do something like that. Yeah, before. yeah. And um, I know, like, it will make some people listen and might get some people involved because there's a lot of people that I know on the precipice of getting involved and they just need that kick. Yeah. And just need Especially the bougie it. ones. We yeah, want exactly. your money, bitch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> give not, us your if money you're, if you're, you're not going to give us your time. Yeah, exactly. There's, and there's all sorts <laughs> yeah. of ways you can participate in money is one of those things. If you've got cash and you know it's going to a good place and it's helping people get involved and yeah. give us your money. Yeah. Literally. To paraphrase fucking Bob Geldof. Bob it! <laughs> but i think i think that the idea of doing it is like this is like the trial run we do this one in in march and then yeah i'm good imagine i still don't know what to really talk about i might just go on a a a little talk about how i'm fucking hated by a group of people just because i've just stood up for myself yeah it takes its toll mentally. Like, Absolutely. Yeah, like I've definitely grown a skin to it, and most of me doesn't care. But at the end Some of the day, of I do have diagnosed mental health problems, a generalised anxiety disorder, and yeah. thing, little little tiny things can set me off. Mm, whereas yeah. the bigger picture probably doesn't. But some days I'm like, holy shit! And it's just kind of like when I'm being called a really hateful person, it's just like I fucking hate the Tories. Yeah, yeah right. You're you're but, one of the least hateful <laughs> people that I know. The people that I've met who went, oh, I really didn't like you online, but I've spoken to you now, and I think you're really lovely. I'm not. I'm like this. Full stop. I was. I've just got a mouth. Just don't get on the wrong side of me because yeah. you're fucking gonna hear it yeah i think you're brilliant it. online personally yeah, so i think if you can't buy into claire online then there's something fundamentally well, wrong with you yeah. well i think it's hilarious it's relevant it's accessible politics as well yeah. that's what like, i was gonna say it's comment. refreshing it's refreshing to have a politician that is that is a woman that is you know does what she does like has her own style is has a fucking awesome sense of humour, um, can laugh about herself and other people, takes so much shit relentlessly. And yet, um, weirdly, she is actually the model woman. She's got two fucking kids and a husband who's a fucking civil servant. So what the fuck yeah. do they want? Nuclear as fuck, aren't Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, actually, as it goes, like, I don't really understand what they're demanding of Claire because she's not actually that left of yeah. centre, you know. But Claire, do you do you think she this is sometimes a... sometimes says a naughty word. <laughs> do you think this is a, a bigger issue with with women in politics in the UK in general? Get get more hate um, and are kind of dissected more because they're women? Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
I reckon if I was a guy, you know, I went into all this politics stuff, I wouldn't be selected for anything anyway, because I'm just kind of like a male voice, especially if I was as leery as I was if I'm a guy, which is quite funny to think <laughs> Don't about. Don't know. But as a woman, you're kind of like, oh, we can applaud you for being a woman that comes forward. But at the end of the day, I'm just kind of that person who fucking hates the establishment. I'm not very good at, I can keep down a job, but I'm better in more of a managerial role because I'm, number one, I'm really chilled out about stuff like that. Yeah. But I, I don't take direction well. And my kind of kickback is to be like, well, go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> the best kickback ever. Yeah, exactly. I'm not saying go My fuck kickbacks are like, oh, okay then. And then, yeah, just trying to come forward. It's really weird because, like, I always say about my journey into politics, I joined Labour because of Jeremy Corbyn and I went to a meeting because, like, I saw it come up on my emails and I was just like, I can get away from my kids for a few hours. And I did. <laughs> And it kind of spiralled out of control. Half of me didn't ask for any of this, but at the same time, it's everything I've ever wanted. But mm. it's kind of, I'm a lucky person to be in the right place at the right time. Yeah. I think probably more people are trying to come forward now, but they'll never get given the platform that I was, and I'm extremely grateful for that. Yeah. And also, I fucking hate the word aspirational, but I am like mm. a Tory's wet dream, because I've gone from a working-class household. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty relatively well-off. I live in Southsea in a four-bedroom house, and it's kind of like I have immense working-class guilt, because I feel like I shouldn't be there. It's kind of imposter syndrome for someone. Oh, yeah. 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 still rents, by the way. Yeah. I still rent, in yeah, case I anyone on Twitter is like sticking their beak in, yeah, I don't, like, I don't, let's I, not go there. I'm never ever going to be able to afford to own a house, but None I'm of in a us very are. considerably lucky position where my landlord is a very close friend of mine and he approached us, uh, me and my partner, to rent this house because he knows that we're going to look after it, he knows that we're probably going to be there mm. until we retire because at the end of the day it's his retire, it's like pension pot as well. Yeah. And um, he'll just have a steady income off of us and he's been really good with sorting out problems almost immediately and i've never got that other landlord yeah and that's I've lived rare in some slums oh yeah. no, it is yeah. yeah same yeah like i've lived in places with such severe damp that my clothes were going moldy and i was looking after two very young children Not the yeah yeah exactly well, the moment my, my velvet bag went fucking moldy i almost lost my mind don't yeah. <laughs> don't been there. sat in my garden hyperventilating and Aaron was like are you okay and I'm like I can't handle living here anymore and then we found another house and we moved but it's it's the I feel immense guilt because I'm in such a lucky position I, I've, I've tried to bring up like my kids inherently aren't really being brought up as working class per se anymore because we live in a, in a nice area and they want for nothing and we provide yeah um, like everyone i'm still two paychecks away from being homeless at least maybe even one um i do have a small amount of savings which really is for emergencies and i've been able to go to uni but um soon i won't be at uni and, I, and i'm probably gonna do a phd but i want to take some time off because i've been in education for five years straight now and my brain's a little bit <laughs> yeah and um trying to tell my children about things that we go through and what me and Aaron have gone through growing up and stuff and still what my parents go through now to a degree yeah. and they just can't comprehend it especially if I take my kids to ward stuff at the weekends and they see high-rise flats they they can't even comprehend that they don't have a garden I was like they share a garden yeah but they don't 
believe they don't know that they don't have their own space to really relax and be themselves and they're kind of cooped up and living in a one-bedroom flat and a 16th floor of a high-rise and it's kind of like they don't they don't know and I try to teach them that yeah and that's a, a, where a massive amount of guilt comes in as well and I I, I try to fight that definitely it's like like I said it's imposter syndrome for the working class oh, really? the moment that you do some people take aspiration and they succeed I've met I've met people who who are proper Tories um, assholes yeah and they were like mean. I grew up in really horrible working class circumstances and I sorted myself out now and I own and a business you can and do I own it loads too. of money and you yeah. can do yeah. it too and also and there's people who literally can't do that and it's just like the yes. moment that you're born disabled you're pretty much fucked in this country now yeah right? yeah this, that's something or, i wrote about recently um i was asked to write an article um and it was about the disparity of wealth in the uk and i actually said you know according to the sort of like land that we live in the fact that when i gave birth to my son uh you know i was a single mother uh, he gave birth to a disabled child at 21 and I was living in a one-bedroom flat with my parents in Somerstown, sleeping on their sofa and his cot was in the living room. Mm. And mm. immediately, like, you are put at the back of the race with your legs tied together. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Because there's this whole sort of conservative ethos is about everyone can work their way out of poverty, everyone can yeah. pull themselves up and by their beach Yeah, straps. as though we've all had the same No, start. I didn't choose that. It's like, you're, you're dealt that hand. And the thing is, even if you had known, would that have stopped you having him? No. Because I know for a fact that, like, if I got pregnant, it wouldn't really matter what the scan said. Yeah, I would have it. The moment that you yeah. know you want to be a mother, you're a mother in my eyes. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And, you know, yeah. everyone has, has different reasons for... Like, there have been points in my life where I thought if I'd known when I was pregnant that he was going to be severely disabled, I probably would have made the decision to have a termination because mm. I would have been so fucking scared yeah. about how my life was going to turn of out. And You're that's like 21. Yeah, and that's, abs- that's fine. Like, I think, you know, it's great that we have the choice as women to, to do that. Mm. Um, I just found that having him in the eyes of our government and our welfare system, you feel hated. You feel that you are hated because you gave birth to someone disabled. Yeah. You People know? going, like, survival of the fucking fittest. Yeah. And that really pisses me off. Like, they think that it's pisses a thing and it's me like, off, yeah. It's fucking fascist rhetoric, and I fucking <coughs> hate it. Especially it's... since I'm so good-looking, so why am I not rich? Exactly. <laughs> like, this system is absolutely fucked in that respect. By rights, you should be a. Are you, you joking? My legs yeah. are literally three foot yeah. and a half and long. You can cook and you cook better than anyone you, I know. I know, like you go, you do cooking at a fucking trash cafe where people go out their way to come and taste your cooking. Now. Yeah, but I'm in the back, so they don't realise how beautiful I am. Yeah, exactly. It's absolutely rude. And you've got yeah. to wear your hair up so they won't see it's full. Brunette <sighs> I know, brown. like in my work. <laughs> Like I'm just there with the top knot. How like, you don't appreciate me <laughs> washing mashed potato off of stuff or chip fat. How but how has it affected you? Um, like your kind of political like fire in your belly. Like how has that affected you? Like doing trash cafe. Can you just quickly explain what trash cafe is and then and then okay. and then explain how it's changed how you feel about politics in this country so trash cafe is an environmental not-for-profit 
Um, it's part of the Real Junk Food Project and it basically rehomes surplus food. So if supermarkets, restaurants, um, cafes, anything kicks out excess food, we take it, we do accept money, it's pay as you feel, so donations can be time, skill or food. Um, I've been chefing at the Wednesday one in Buckland for coming up to two years now, I guess. And essentially, I make dinners out of things that would have gone to landfill. So it's actually made me, number one, a bit more of an environmentalist, because actually, I didn't really, I can't really say that I gave any kind of a toss about the environment for most of my 20s because what did I care like I'm working class I make absolutely nil to yeah, none yeah it's the way that capitalism breeds us to be yeah selfish. I'm not going to live long enough hmm. to see these impacts and um I'm not going to be able to make a meaningful contribution to stop them either so I was very much thinking in that way um but with Trash Cafe not only have I realised that it is a really affordable source of food for people who don't have any? I mean, one of the things that because you put stuff out on tables, don't you, as well? So yeah, people can like bring a, a shopping bag and help yeah. themselves to fruit I'll and call veg. It bread and there's, oh my there's God. so there's much bread. Always, <laughs> there's always three to bread four tables of bread. But one of the talks, one of the talks I'm gonna actually talk about. One of the talks I'm gonna talk about. One of the things I'm gonna think about is bread. Yeah, it's so cold in here. Um, You're gonna talk about bread. Absolutely, and like the ways that you can and ought to use it. Um, I mean, even some of the bread that we don't see, like supermarkets. When's the last time we went into Tesco's and saw the end of the bread on a sandwich? Mm. Mm. Why don't they just do one of those for 15p instead of the usual one ninety nine? Yeah. So that people can afford it. Um, because all of those probably go into like a bin somewhere. I guarantee you they don't even grind them up for breadcrumbs bread or chicken nuggets, which I do. I don't even have a blender. Yeah. I just wait for it to go stale and grate it on a cheese grater, motherfucker. Like, I'm going to teach you all of my bread life hacks. Bread. <laughs> bread. Like, like and subscribe for yeah. bread <laughs> life hacks. Freezer is your best fucking friend. A hundred percent. Yeah. Like, I agree with you. I save all of my veg peelings and, like, broken bits of broccoli and chicken bones and stuff. And I make stock once a week. I know full well that I have the time to do that, mm. but I really don't have a particularly well-equipped kitchen, so I'm still doing it in two pans. I don't even have a big enough saucepan to do it in one. Um, two pans and then straining it myself. Most people that I know have got a slow cooker and they would just whack it in there and mm. strain it. Um, and to me, that's fine, good, because then you can go to work and not think about it and earn money. Um, so cool, like, how, however it goes. But yeah, we're Trash Cafe. It's been a really interesting experience for me because, I mean, I was living in Portsmouth North when I started it. And I do still think there's a massive divide in our city, actually, once you get past, basically, the railway. Yeah, I call it um, the wall. 
Do you know what I mean? It's north of the wall, isn't it? Yeah, north of the wall, exactly. So what do you mean, once you go over Fratton Bridge? That's it. Yeah. It's... The south of your proper Portsmouth, isn't it? Yeah. Agreed. I genuinely think we live in an enclave. Yeah. And one of the reasons why I'm agreeing to do a talk in the Wave Maiden, which is, sorry, Ali, (laughs) very emblematic of said enclave, um, I was slagging it off recently, not the not the wave maiden, but like, not the um, wave maiden. We still plan to like talk. Labour did like a young person's like EU Brexit talk recently, yes, and I was just really? to go. What? <laughs> what at the wave maiden? Yeah, and I was kind of like, that's bougie, isn't it? Mm. How <laughs> interesting. Like... Unfortunately, our MP is bougie, but that's also how he gets votes. So, yeah. like, if the little old dears that live here that are sad about Knight and Lee are going to vote for him, then keep him, <laughs> <Yeah>. keep him. <laughs> I'm not sad about Knight and Lee. Put an arts market there, I don't yeah. care. What they yeah. do to it? They put I buy Burt's Bees on the internet. Co-working space. They're putting like a mini cinema in there and stuff. A co-working space. Yeah, that's the, that's the thing. Um, that's a bit nauseating. Yeah. <laughs> I do again, like a Hello, place London. like that. It's you know, it sounds <laughs> not London. It sounds really lovely, <laughs> but it is. It's it's not going to be a space for poor people. Is no, it? it's going to be a space where new cocktail bars interview 17-year-olds because it's cheap to hire. That's what it's going to be. I was saying this. I was watching the programme. Mm-hmm. So That's what co-working spaces get used for in London. So my really guilty pleasure, but I watch it really critically and I do occasionally write about it, is programmed mostly on Channel 5, like Don't Pay, We'll Take It Away. Oh, okay. no. Oh, recently, it's called Pornography, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. Recently I watched one, it was the other day, about rich holiday, poor oh, holiday. No. Day where it was wife swaps for class classes of people they swapped the holiday and they sent a very, I'll get well bored on a rich holiday well they sent a really middle class family that would have spent 26 grand on a safari to the Isle of Wight amazing <laughs> <laughs> That's my hands, by the way, guys. <laughs> like that's how pleased I am. They took it all right. It please let it be in December. But they called <laughs> so they went to Shankling Chine, right? And right. they called it Shankling Cheen. Cheen. Wrong. Like the the voiceover announcement guy went Shankling Cheen, and I paused it and rewound it and played it to Aaron. I was like, what the fuck? Shankling Cheen. Cheen. Black game Cheen. I don't call it my Vachina. <laughs> Sake, it's a crack. <laughs> like, the thing I really took away from it is like, Oh, so they charge a tenner for black uh shanking time. Do they? To walk up a hill. Fuck me. Anyway, yeah, fuck this, piss off. They didn't go to the garlic <laughs> farm, but they go to the garlic farm. That would be the most Well garlic for... farm's wicked. Have you ever been to Yeah, I've been to the, I've been to the garlic farm. They yeah. go to Robin Hill. Robin Hill. Robin <laughs> Hill is done, isn't it? But they went to they went to Needles, they went to Island Bay. But um the the richer family who was like a consultant and a woman who run a business and they had two children that do music lessons of like nine and ten and you found out when they normally go on holiday because they go away like three four times a year and spend like thousands of pounds that they go on holiday to not spend time with their children but they were forced to spend time together (laughs) (laughs) and then they realized what happens when you give your children music lessons and sentience at an early age don't do that I was half watching it because I was just like, I want the rich people to suffer. Yeah, it's having an awful time. We all do. It kind of opened up their eyes. They'll never fucking do it again, even though they said, oh, we enjoyed spending more time together. They only got given. They love going on the Isle of Wight. 
No, you didn't. They only got given £150 for like four days to have between them. So their, yeah. their trips were paid for, but their spending money was greatly yeah. reduced, so they could barely do anything. That's more spending money than I've got in a month yeah, as well, exactly. just in my life. <laughs> just so insane. But my four, which literally only go to like a holiday camp once a year. And by the way, I fucking love holiday camps. Yeah, oh my same. God, it's yeah. culture. They went on a safari, and they tell you at the end how much it costs. So it was £26,000. And <laughs> the immediate guilt that they had, thinking that they weren't good enough to go on that holiday. Oh, God. And I was just like, that's endemic of capitalism to make you believe that your own worth is nothing. And that under under socialism, it's everyone each to their own need. It was like everyone deserves to go on a nice holiday, no matter yeah. how much it yes. costs. Yeah. Like if you want to go on safari, you deserve to go on safari. It doesn't matter if you haven't got the cash. You or you just want to see a fucking lion in the middle of the night, which they did at the end, and how close the elephants were. It looked fucking scary, to be fair. <laughs> but, yeah, I wouldn't want to be that close to an elephant. I know. There was a whole but... pack. Was it a pack of elephants? I don't know. And it was really lovely to see. But it was nice to see a family just kind of have their eyes open, but the, the the guilt they felt thinking that they didn't deserve it, when of course they fucking deserve yeah, it. Yeah, Everyone yeah. Everyone deserves yeah. something nice. And Maybe I'm just, like, horrendous, because if someone turned around to me and was like, right, you're going to a couture fitting for Dior tomorrow... You'd and shit yourself. It. No, I, I wouldn't shit myself. I'd go there, hairy legs and stuff, and be like, come on then, Christian. <laughs> Even though he's already dead, and it was John Paul Gaultier, and that's someone else. But I'd be like, bitch, I don't care. <laughs> Hit me up. I'll be there in the dress. Hairy legs, hairy pits. Yeah. Wouldn't have washed my hair. Well, I probably wouldn't even have had a shower. But you'd still look... <laughs> I'd be like, you're going to steam these anyway. You'd still look stunning. But I would literally just be like, I am worth this. Yeah. Like, maybe working in hospitality for like a million years has made me like a Marxist mutant where I've served tables of people who have been getting that 26 grand safari treatment yeah. off of me. Yeah. And actually realised that they're not different to me, biologically. Yeah. Like, I mean, you've seen moments of my insurrection where I'm like, I do not deserve this! Yeah. At work, um, on, like, a personal level. And, yeah, basically, like, I sort of agree with Claire. It's really depressing that people have that like defining moment of finance where they're like, oh no, this is too posh for me. Everyone's had that with their nan, surely. Where you take them out for a nice dinner oh, or right, something yeah. and they're like, oh, this is a bit much when there's fancy china or something. Um, and you're like, it's not a bit much. Well, I thought that like a KFC was a posh thing because she... Oh. Not, it's more the. Well, I think it's a posh thing. <laughs> because she was post-war and she mm. she moved to Porsgrove and then had a family and lived all their life there till her death and she never went aboard or anything. And like, obviously she went through rationing and she brought up four children and she was married twice and kind of lived your your typical... It's enough to make all of us feel yeah, guilt, like that, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, like, like My nan was an amazing mum and nan and she looked after everyone. At the same time, a lot of women were in that same depressing, like, life. There's a, a Mike Lee television play, and I think it might be... I think it's hard labour, and it follows the life of a, of a woman up north and her family and how she's just a fucking piece of meat and has to work every day, mm. is used by her husband. And at the end of it, she's just, like, back to the routine, like... Mm. 
you just see that kind of that's what women were yeah yeah especially in a post-war generation so my nan thought a kfc was posh because it was a takeaway yeah and she kind of did it couldn't comprehend because it was such a even though kfc is probably what is it about 40 years old now or whatever 30, yeah. 40 years old something like that because i remember my mum remembering it when it started yeah well, yeah. she she loved it. She always used to call it a Kentucky. She's like, it's my yeah. favourite thing to eat. She loved Aww. chicken. It's one of my favourite things yeah, as well. Go on, Nan. Go on, Nan and Claire. I used to say Ken's, but I, I don't really like Ken's. I'm a, I'm a KFC Oh, you fan. heard it here first. Oh, man. <laughs> to be fair, I don't really mind Ken's, but yeah, no, KFC, mate. <laughs> Soz. There's the one, there's one in the pumpy centre. Yeah, popcorn pop, chicken. Popcorn chicken. <laughs> but yeah, it's like... Um, you see so many women, especially especially in boomer times, that were just literally vessels to breed, wash clothes and look after their husbands. And we've definitely grown as a society to break out of that. But it depresses me knowing that my nan could have had such a better life and a load of women could have had a better life. Yeah, and absolutely. Absolutely. Especially, like, I looked into like history of the miners' strike and the people that literally... People didn't work for a year, did they? Men didn't work for a year. And the people that were carrying the strike were their wives. And loads of women left their fucking husbands after that strike because they literally realised that they were the one looking after all the children. They were the one trying to scrounge for money because they were relying on a strike fund to feed people. They were the one organising community and group meals. And they realised that their husbands are fundamentally, even though we're fighting for the best interest, and obviously it fucking sucks what happened during the minor strike but fundamentally women were treated like shit and they realized that their husbands were absolutely taking the piss out of them yeah and it was only because they were the ones earning money so they thought they were the ones who deserved to go to the pub for four fucking five skinfuls and then yeah. coming home and being abusive to their kids and their partner and it was the women holding the strike together the women that were feeding their children and keeping people alive during keeping that strike. Yeah. people fed and alive and yes yeah. it's children labor died. people do yeah. children die during that it's strike work. when they were trying to forage for coal for fire oh, no. and stuff in winter oh, stuff no. and trying to forage for food because they literally had nothing and uh, obviously there was strike funds but there wasn't enough because people weren't donating and uh, Thatcher mm. had literally poisoned the whole country against working class northern people yeah we know how we, we know how easily mm. that's done I think I think um there is this sort of like they didn't have the internet then and they still managed to do yeah it, you know they I mean? still managed to sort of turn people against themselves yeah you know people now will literally like vote completely in their opposite interest oh because they've being told it's unpatriotic uh, or... agreed. Yeah. I was in hospital on the morning of the election. Oh, yeah, because I was trying to get your proxy vote. <laughs> oh, no! And I didn't... <laughs> I didn't get it, thank... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they went the right way, it was thank fine. absolute fuck. Imagine them being on holiday, or being in hospital on election day, thinking that Donna Jones is going to win that election. Oh, my God! I would have literally chucked my bed out the window. Are you just... Donna Jones, do one. Do one. <laughs> Pass about Donna Jones without do one. This is true. Go and suck and fuck Nick Hortney up in sweet memories, you absolute That's gonna be cut out. Dog I'll bleep that. <laughs> I'm gonna do I'm gonna use the little bleep thing on that. Just only yeah, only only bleep the verbs. Um, People can add their own. 
Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna start wrapping it up because hmm. we're we're over thirty five minutes Wicked, and, and we've prob- people have probably <laughs> people have probably stopped listening now and and decided to go in um I don't know do, do something to go else to Greenwich instead <laughs> go get <laughs> they're, they're going to get a KFC oh um so KFC. But if you want to hear more of these two fascinating, <laughs> fascinating women, um, then you can come along and, and hear them talk on the 18th of March. Only at... 9 <laughs> No, it's free. It's free. It's 18th free. of March, Ooh. 7 o'clock onwards. Can we record another one when we read the reviews? Yeah. <laughs> we'll, do, we'll do like a post. We'll do a... We'll do a Morton. Yeah, we'll do a post oh, we'll sort of like talk recording. Show. Yeah, we're going to look back on after this. The, after the podcast, podcast. It'll be real talks, real mouth. <laughs> yeah. Um, and. Uh, What's the brand camera? <laughs> I get a celebrity guest on at some point. Celebrity guest? Yeah. Donna Jones. Yeah. Oh, I could invite her <laughs> to come time. to real talks. <laughs> Can you? Yeah. <laughs> Right, this is you know if you're listening, Donna, which I'm I'm sure you are. Like, I'd love, on down. love to have uh, have to interview you and talk to you about you We'd know. Love to have some real talks with you. Real Donna. talks about being a woman and what that means All in today's to world. Cyborg. <laughs> Victory energy. <laughs> oh, stop it! Right, so um, I don't know what. <laughs> Can it also be noted that it is 10 in the morning and none of us have had booze? I oh, know. <laughs> I might get this. This is powered purely on I caffeine and adrenaline. Some. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this is what happens when Richie... Bought, well, to be fair, I went out and got normal coffee because Richie bought espresso instead of normal coffee last night. What a savage. I oh, know. Why so would you do that? My first two cups this morning have just been cups of espresso. <laughs> that's it. Do that. Good. Um, so... I'm trying to keep it together and I just can't. <laughs> I just want to What's giggle the point constantly. Of it together? Yeah, I know. Well, I tried day in, day out. I tried it's to... all going to fall apart. William Butler Yates once said, Things fall apart and the centre cannot hold. So bollocks to everyone. That's... We'll do what we want. That sounds like a quote from like Star Trek or something when they're under attack. <laughs> Captain! It's all right, I'll have a seance. <laughs> Tell him. Amazing. Um, so, yeah, you can come along and listen to these two uh, give a little talk. Um, and if you're interested in talking about anything, you can get in Happy touch. In the last ten minutes, otherwise I'm gonna be smashed. Yeah, leave it. Leave a comment. Leave a comment on the podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah, come come later in the talk if you'd like to see me and Kirsty hammered and just fucking having a go at everyone. Coming <laughs> out to have a go at you and you and you. Da, 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 da. <laughs>